0: Okay, guys, we're in James chapter 3 today. We're going to be looking at lesson 7. Tom's going to grab the offering. We're going to talk about controlling your mouth today. Jesus said this, "Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks." Out of the abundance of your heart your mouth speaks. So, when you, when you look at somebody and how they talk and what they talk about, really the reality is, is you're really looking at who they are. You may want to write that one down. When you listen to how someone talks, what they talk about, you're really looking at who they are as a person. That's the scary thing. We don't talk about those kind of things. But the Bible talks a lot about it. In fact, in Proverbs, I would encourage you to go through Proverbs. In fact, I was just thinking about this this morning. You know, we did Proverbs here probably five years ago or more. And a lot of you didn't go through that study with me. But in Proverbs, there are Proverbs over and over and over about speech. Speech. And about how a foolish man, or we add woman, foolish man or woman, doesn't think about what they're saying. and just says it, and it's a reflection of who they are, and that's why they're called foolish. Okay? So, it really is an issue of, when you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your speech needs to reflect who you are. But what we're going to see here, James is going to give us some warnings about, he he refers to speech here as the tongue. And so we're going to talk about our tongues, not the physical tongue, but our speech is really what he's talking about here. And he's going to warn us, and he's going to talk about how, how difficult it is to control it. But he's going to talk about how deadly it is if we don't control it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we're going to talk about speech here today. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look first of all at verse 1, which is a warning. And I'm I'm going to break this down for you so you understand what he's talking about here, okay? He says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Okay, here's what he's saying. James warns that not everyone should be a teacher within the church. Again, we're not talking about the building. We're not talking about the organization. But that not everyone should be a teacher within the assembly. That is the gathering of the people together. Now, let me just stop for a moment. When we talk about teacher here, what he's talking about is, is you might be a teacher... And you don't even realize you're a teacher. Well, you say, "I don't teach like you do, George," or "I'm not teaching in Sunday school." No, but maybe you're a person who constantly gives your opinion to other people about what they should do. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you're somebody who is constantly giving your opinion of how people should do stuff. Whether you, here's here's what the that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about you're a teacher then. You understand because you're instructing people. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're instructing people. Now James is saying here, he's warning everybody here that not everybody should do that. Not everybody should be instructing people. Why? Here's why. This is because a teacher will receive a stricter judgment from the Lord. If you're somebody who's instructing people all the time, telling them what your opinion is, telling them what you think they should be doing and everything, here's the reality. You're going to receive a stricter judgment. Now, why does that happen? Because there's a tendency where we have a tendency to tell people how to live their lives and what to do, but we don't even follow our own advice. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? I mean, I can tell you what to do, but then when I'm in the same situation, I do something completely different. And I sure don't like being called on the carpet when that happens, does it? Don't, don't you? You know what I mean? What you, did, I thought you had told me to do this. Oh, yeah, but your situation just a little bit different. No, no, you just decided that didn't work for you. What he's telling us here is, is Listen the Lord is going to judge you even more stricter, especially if you're one of those people who wants to instruct people. So within the assembly, not, not, the, not the, the, the organization, not the court chart of who, who people hold what position in the church or something, if you're one of those people who is constantly giving your advice and, and instructing people, it's very possible that you maybe should not do that. Because there will be a stricter judgment on you. You'll be judged according to whether or not you live, according to what you preach and teach. Folks, I live with that. Because I am a pastor. I'm a teacher. I have to live with the reality that if my, my message doesn't, isn't backed up by my life, then there's a problem. And I'm going to be held even in more account than any, any, one, any one of you here. Do you understand? Now, so he's going to talk now about the nature of the tongue. So let's look at that. We're going to look at verses 2 through 8. And here's what he said. For we all stumble in many things. So this is coming out of, this is not a separate subject than about being a teacher. Because he's talking about the judgment issue. And he's talking about don't seek to be an, a teacher. Because you're going to be Judge strictly, so now he gets into verse 2 and he says, Because we all what? We all stumble in many things. And if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. We We look also at the ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, They are, they are turned by a small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how a great fire, a little fire kindles. And the fire, and the tongue is fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members and it defiles the whole body. It sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every, cre- every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Okay, so let's talk about it here. First of all, he's going to talk about the area of stumbling here. He points out through the reality that we all stumble in many things. Put, a, put, a, put an asterisk by that one. Does everybody understand? We all stumble. He's he's wanting to point this out, especially, you know, he's trying to talk to those who want to be instructors of others. And he's saying, look, here's the reality. We're going to face a judgment, and we already know that we all stumble in many things. All right? Another way of saying this is we all sin, right? Okay? I can almost guarantee you you did not go this week without sinning. Do you know what I'm saying? And if you're sitting there, well I can't remember you know, yeah, talk talk to your spouse or your coworker. They'll tell you. Alright? I mean they'll tell you. I mean that's that's deception. Alright. In fact, John would say if we say we have no sin, we lie. Do you understand? We're lying. So here's the reality. So everyone stumbles. And here's what he says. The person who does not stumble with his mouth is a perfect man. So the person who does not mess up, so let's we're going to all be on level playing ground here. The person who doesn't mess up with the way that they talk is a perfect person. So let me ask you something. How many of you know perfect people based upon this definition here? How do you, How many... Nobody knows a perfect person. Is there anybody who can match this definition besides Jesus? No, no. No, that's the only one. That's right, Tom. That's the only one. So the reality is, is every one of us has a problem here in this area. Because he's saying here that the person who does not stumble with his mouth is a perfect person. And here's what he says. Such a person is able to control the whole body. So if he can control his tongue... I mean, it takes discipline to, t- to control your mouth. And that's what we're talking about here, is controlling your mouth. It takes discipline. If you can control your mouth, James is saying you can get a grip on everything else in your life, too. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because your mouth is the voice box of what? Your heart. You may want to write that down. The mouth is the voice box of your heart. So listen, if you know... So let's be real for a moment, because we want to be a real church, real people, okay? When we come to church, we put our church talk on, all right? But when you're away from here, and you're with family, or with your buddies, or your friends, or by yourself, what's coming out of your mouth? What's your speech reflecting? Do you understand what I'm saying? What's your speech reflecting? Because, I'll be honest with you, what it's reflecting is who you really are. And if it's crude, you're crude. If it's filthy, you're filthy. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what we're trying to help you to understand, is your mouth is, the, is really the voice box of your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, Jesus said, the mouth speaks. If it's criticism, and you like to tear down people, and you're cutting them up and everything, that's reflective of what? Your spirit, who you are. You're a critical, cutting person. You're not nice. See, because church, church isn't real when it comes to how we talk. Does everybody understand? I find that all the time when I meet some somebody else say, "Oh, excuse me, preacher." You know what I'm saying? Well, if the preacher wasn't there, you would say that. Do you understand? You're being real. So the real you speaking is the real you. Do you understand? Yeah, because he's a reflection of something that's a higher standard. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's a reflection of God's standard, which is what we're going to be talking about here. Yes. So what does that say about us? Oh, yeah, we are. And we need to not cringe when somebody says the church is filled with hypocrites, because we are hypocrites. Okay? But here's what he's trying to say to us. Well, he said, well, wait a minute, George. You just said nobody's perfect. Yeah, but listen to what James is going to tell us here. Here's what he's going to talk about, areas of control. He says, with the use of a little bit, we can control the, the whole body of a horse. He's using some illustrations from, from nature that we understand. So with the, the control of a little bit, the bit they put in the mouth of a horse, they can control that whole horse, where it's going, what it's doing. You understand? That's why the horse doesn't like it. Have you, noticed, have you ever seen a horse that didn't like having a bit in his mouth? Why doesn't he like that? Because with that bit in his mouth, somebody else is controlling him, and he doesn't like to be controlled. How would you like that? Do you know what I'm saying? Somebody stuck a bit in your mouth and was control. We don't like control. I mean, human beings don't like that, so we understand where horses horse is coming from. Here's he's talking about ships now. With a little rudder, we can control a ship. Even in a fierce storm. So he's, trying to, he's making a point here. He's illustrating how something so small, he's using the tongue here, can control everything else that's going on. Okay? Something so small can control everything else. But here's what he says about the tongue. The tongue is a small part of our body, yet it boasts great things. It's uncontrollable. yet it boasts great things. The tongue is a small part of our body, yet it boasts great great things. So here it is. It's such a small part. Our speech is such a small part of our lives, but yet it boasts great things. It boasts our pride. It boasts sin. It boasts attitudes that it doesn't need to. Do you see how important your mouth is? How many of you have ever said something like this? Cause you know, understand what I'm talking about here because you've said something like this. You've said, why can't I just shut up? Every time I open my mouth, I get myself in trouble. Don't, don't raise your hand. Okay. But you know what I'm talking about. Have you heard somebody say that before? Maybe you're the one, but so now you can raise your hand. How many of you have heard somebody say that? Every time I open my mouth, I get in trouble. It's uncontrollable. It is such a small thing and it's uncontrollable here. The tongue is such a small part of our body yet it does great things. Here's the other thing. A small fire can create a major forest fire. We all understand that, especially this summer. Man, how many big fires that will be out in the Colorado Springs area and then when they go and investigate it, big, huge, massive fire destroying millions and millions of miles of acres of, of forest land and then they go and investigate it i'm always amazed that they could find out that it started by some guy starting some little fire in the woods and then they know exactly who the dude is have you noticed that and they arrest him and it's like how in the world did they figure that out and they arrest the guy or, you know, and, 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 or gal and that's happened too so such a small fire can create something so devastating that it just consumes and wipes out a whole bunch of things. That's what James is saying here. The tongue is like a small fire in that it is a world of evil. Here, you and I need to get a grip, because here's the thing. Some of you are maybe are saying to yourself, you know, George, <laughs> All right. You're, you're wanting to be legalistic about the, the language we use, and I'm just a reflection of my culture, and, and, uh, so, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think it's that big a deal. Well, here's the thing. Whether you think it's a big deal or not, the fact is, it's a big deal. Because again, your mouth is a reflection of your heart, who you are. And one of the things that James says, it's like a small fire that starts what? A big giant forest fire. But he's just going to flat out say what the tongue is. The tongue, an uncontrolled tongue. If you don't control your tongue, he says it's a world of evil. It's a world of evil. What do you mean by that, it's a world of evil? Well, how many of you heard this when you were a kid? It's a, it's a, it's a nursery rhyme. We say it. But it isn't true. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. How many of you how many remember saying that as a five-year-old? Then you realize as a six-year-old, those names hurt. Or maybe even as a five-year-old. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why did the names hurt? Because somebody spoke them the way they spoke them to you, the attitude with which they spoke it, the manner, the purpose of the speech, all of that. See, this is what he's trying to say. It is a big deal how we talk to each other. It is a super big deal. And if we're going to talk to each other in an uncontrolled manner, it's going to come out of us, and it does damage. And so, you know, I have a friend who was here a few years ago. Brad remembers him. Uh, Glenn Taylor was his name. He's a, he's a counselor and everything. And he came and talked about moose hunting. But when he came and share with our church, he, he talked about giving words of life or death. Are you communicating words of life or death? And, folks, that's really what it is. When we speak, it's either words of life. Or death. Okay, so let's think about it. So we go back to Ephesians. I talked about this a few weeks ago. Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty nine says, "Let no unwholesome what speech come out of you, except that which is what edifying, building up." Why? Because an uncontrolled tongue is evil. And, you know, but you might be saying, "Well, you know, George, I just speak my mind," and when people tell you that to me. I have verses go through my mind from Proverbs where it says that with his mouth a fool speaks. Do you understand? Because there's no control there. The Bible describes such a person like that as a fool. Reality. So here's what he's saying. The tongue is like a small fire in that it's a world of evil. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's a world of evil. So let's go on there. Here's what he says. The tongue corrupts the whole body and sets our entire existence on fire. It should be sets with an S. The tongue corrupts the whole body and sets our entire existence on fire. It's corruption. It will corrupt you. Okay, let me just stop for a moment. You know, I've been pastoring now. It's 1993. I was ordained. Been in ministry over 20 years. I've dealt with college kids. I've dealt with teenagers. I've dealt with adults. I've dealt with senior adults. I've been in every gamut of ministry and dealing with levels of people. And I, and I can say this after 20 years now. Here's what I'm going to show, say to you. You want to know the quickest way that I know that you're deteriorating in your walk with God? You want to know the quickest way that I know that you are deteriorating in your walk with God? What comes out of your mouth? You're listening to the words? That, no, no, it's not words necessarily, although it could be words. That's a reflection. It's attitudes. It's criticism. It's cutting. See, we're not just talking about words. The tongue's not talking about words because you can use the right words and still be a cutting person, right? And be destructive. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's what I'm trying to say to you. The tongue corrupts the whole body. You're saying my speech corrupts me? No, I think it's the heart that's ultimately corrupted, which is reflected by your tongue. But then that heart that's corrupted reflects a corruption of every part of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you can, I can usually tell where a person is at when I'm talking to them. And usually you say, what do you mean by that, talking to them? Well, initially people, especially when they find out you're a pastor, are guarded at first. So they'll guard their mouth. But the more comfortable they get with you, words come out. Attitudes come out. When they talk about somebody. Then all of a sudden I'm sitting there shaking my head, not literally, but in my mind I'm going, "Whoa, where did that come from?" Did you know what I'm saying? But what does Jesus say? Out of the abundance of what? The heart, the mouth speaks. Do you understand? This is a reflection of who you are. So the tongue corrupts the whole body and sets our existence on fire. Now that's not a negative. That's not a positive thing. There about. Woo, I'm fire. I'm on fire for Jesus. No, no, you're on fire as in problems. Okay. Let's go on here. Here's what he's saying. The source of its evil is hell itself, is what James is saying. The source of its evil is hell itself. That's basically saying to you that it's coming out of the corruptness of your sin nature, of your flesh. I think, let, me, let me illustrate this way. I think everybody understands what I'm talking about here, okay? I think everybody will understand what I'm talking about. How, how many of you have ever gotten into some intense fellowship with somebody? Do you know what I mean? I'm not talking intimate fellowship, but I'm talking intense fellowship. What are you talking about, George? How many of you have ever had a, a, a disagreement with somebody, an argument? That's a better word. An argument. If you're married, have you ever had an argument? Okay? What happens in arguments? We usually let our guards down, don't we? What usually takes over in arguments? Our emotions, our feelings, anger. And what usually is said? Things that we wished we'd never said. You know what I'm saying? Things that we wished could be taken back. In fact, they can't be taken back. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you're, 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 you're in another disagreement, maybe with your spouse, and they bring up, well, you know, 15 years ago, you said this to me. And you're like, You can't take it back. Do you understand? Words are painful and sharp. The very source of it comes out of our what? Our sin natures, our corruption of our hearts, the, and James describes it as the very source of it as hell itself. Okay, the very so here's what he says: it's 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 untamable. How does he say that here? Well, mankind has been able to tame all kinds of animals. You realize that? We've been able to tame all kinds of animals. I, I, I was amazed one day. How many of you get these people who send you video clips on email from all over the world? Crazy stuff takes up your email space, but you watch them. And I, I remember a few years ago, one of my friends sent something about guys riding zebras, like they would a horse. Well, they're—I've seen zebra in the wild. They're pretty they 're pretty they 're pretty mean i 've seen them they're nipping and biting each other and i mean they 're pretty vicious animals for a, for a horse a type of horse and and we can tame a, we could tame a zebra to ride I mean they tame buffalo we cannot tame the tongue because it is uncontrollable and poisonous. Notice something every time has anybody noticed that in this passage He keeps talking about our speech in negative terms. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that he's not yet said, that? oh, your speech is so wonderful and sweet. I mean, look at how he's described it. It's uncontrollable. It's a fire. It's, It's from hell. It can start great fires. It's a world of iniquity and evil. Now he's calling it what? Poisonous? What is he trying to do here? He's trying to get you and I to understand that what we say is serious. That we need to get a grip on our tongues. We need to get a grip on our mouth. Do you you understand what I'm saying? We need to get a grip on it. Because we we can tame all kinds of animals. But we can't control our own tongues. So here's what he says about the use of our tongues. Look with me at verse 9 through 12, and this will wrap up our section here. Look at what he says here. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, and a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. Here's what he's saying about the use of the tongue. He's talking about our duplicity here. We curse others and bless God with the same mouth. Do you realize that? (laughs) With the same mouth, listen to me. With the same mouth, we'll say, oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, praise you. And, you know, and we'll, we'll be blessing him and, oh, thank you, Jesus. But with that same mouth, we'll be like, <clears throat> cursing somebody. I can't believe he did that. What kind of a bleep, bleep, you know, every, you know, whatever you can think of about him. You know what I'm saying? Out of the same mouth. There's another word for duplicity. What is it? Yeah. That's just what he's saying. He's wanting us to recognize our hypocrisy. Out of our mouths will come blessings. And we'll hop in the vehicle after we're here and choose somebody out. Have you ever had that happen? you pull out from the parking lot oh that was a wonderful service i love you jesus and somebody at the main intersection here in Kerwinsville cuts you off hey! you know what i'm saying <laughs> all right, all right, okay but that one you don't understand how about this one <laughs> you go to the restaurant Oh, love you, Jesus. Man, wasn't that a wonderful service? The band was doing good. I even heard, I got something from George. Wow. Who love you, Jesus? You go to a restaurant. Can't believe that waitress. Boy, if I was that slow. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or a clerk somewhere? I mean, you and I have witnessed it. Not only have we witnessed it, we've done it, haven't we? We've done it. So he says, we curse God and we bless others. Here's here's what he's saying. We should not bless and curse with the same mouth. He said it shouldn't be that way. We need to get a realistic grip on it about the way that we talk to each other. The way that we are. Do you understand? We're not just talking about the words we use. We're talking about the manner in which we do it. In one sense, we use words to bless people. In another sense, out of the same mouth, we use words to what? Curse people. It's the whole issue about our words being bringing life or death to people. So that's a rebuke. We should not do this. He's rebuking us here. He says we should not bless and curse people with the same mouth. Here's why. Here's why that's so true. A spring cannot produce fresh water and bitter water at the same time. How many of you, your house is on a spring? Do we have anybody here with whose house? We've got a couple people, okay? Now, have you noticed that at 2 o'clock, the water turns bitter? Is that true at your house? Or is it the same all the time? The same, I mean, maybe you've got a well that smells like eggs, but other than that, you know what I'm saying? But as far as the water, it's always the same, right? You don't, you don't have to sit there and say, well, you better take your shower at three because at four, it's water, brown. You know, it's not. You understand? We don't, we understand springs. It's either one way or another. You don't have a mixture. He's saying, you know, our Mauser light should be like a spring where it's, it's not going to produce two different things at the same time. He goes on here, another illustration. A certain type of fruit tree cannot bear another type of fruit. So in the back of our yard, we have these two old, old winter pear trees in our backyard. I look every year and I don't see strawberries on them. If I'm in a mood for a peach, I don't go to that tree. But if I want an old, hard Winter pear that I gotta let sit around forever till it finally ripens. I can go to that pear tree and get something, right? Unless the frost kills all the buds in the spring. You know, you know what I mean? You only expect what? A certain type of fruit off of a certain tree, right? Oh, that's an interesting. What's he trying to point out here? When I go to a well, I expect fresh water to come out of that well, right? When I go to a fruit tree, I expect only a certain type of fruit to come out of that fruit tree. When I go to a Christian, what should I expect to come out of his mouth? A heart that loves Jesus, right? Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? This is the point that James is making here. We've got to get a grip on it. we got to get a grip on it. Now, now, here's the other thing. It can only produce what it is. You know what? Your mouth can only produce what it is. Isn't that true? It's been saying that over and over again. Your mouth is a voice box of your heart. It will only produce what you are. It will only produce what you are. It will only produce what you are. Here's the other illustration. No spring produces both salt water and fresh water. No spring produces both salt water and fresh water. Likewise, here again, final point here, our mouths are a product of who we are. So let's stop for a moment. What can we get out of this? He's telling us about how uncontrolled it is. He's talking about our mouths in a negative sense. He's also coming around to the point where he says, look, it shouldn't be this way with us. It shouldn't be this way with believers. Because the reality is, listen to me, the reality is, is what you say is a reflection of who you are. So can I be honest with you? Probably, if we spent our time learning to control our mouths. Well, here's what he says. Remember what he said earlier? Because we said there's no way this is possible. We don't know anybody like this. Go back with me. Look all the way back. At verse 2, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man and able to bridle his whole body. You know, I think if we, you and I, that includes me, if we focused on what comes out of our mouth and looked at the deeper issues of why it comes out of our mouth, I think we would have a better grip on our own lives, wouldn't we? Because what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of what's on the inside. So if we deal with why that comes out of our mouth, I think we'll have a better grip on ourselves. That's the whole point of what he's getting here. Okay?